The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Powered by Riverside. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Sixer Sense Podcast. I'm Lucas. I got Uriah here. We are coming back after a week's hiatus. Uriah was on vacation and I had COVID, so it's just not a good time for us to record. Hey, man, I'm not going to hide it. I got COVID. It happens. How was your COVID, Lucas? I know it's not It was fun. not. It, it, no, I mean, it, it was not fun the first couple of days. I am not going to lie. I was feeling better towards the end of the quarantine, though. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better, and I'm glad that we're back talking Sixers. But I went away to Maine. And if anybody's Ooh. listening has never been to Maine, it is one of the most beautiful states you could ever visit. We went up to Bar Harbor. Uh, we spent some time at Winter Harbor, but we stayed in a little small town on the peninsula called Sorrento. So we had a house for a week. We took Benny up. We explored uh, the different, I guess, natural landscapes, and, and we took some ferry tours. It was really cool. There's a lot of history up there. And I highly recommend at some point you check out Maine. Now, I, correct me, is it Maine or Vermont that Brett Brown goes to? I think it's Vermont, right? So you were pretty close. Mm, I think it's Maine, actually. Is, are you sure? Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe don't it, know. did you see Brett Brown? No, probably not. You would <laughs> no, have said that. Uh, yeah. Uh, now, is it more mountainy or more like plainy? A I, lot I, of a lot of mountains. A lot okay. of mountains. So it's crazy because you go to a peninsula. And you obviously see the water, you see the sailboats, and it's so beautiful. But then in the background, you see these these beautiful mountain ranges. And uh, we didn't get a chance to go to Cadillac Mountain, but we definitely saw it from a distance. And the weather was perfect, man. While it was sweltering down here, like 98, 99, it was like 81, 82 up there. It was, it was great. Great weather. Great trip. That's good, man. I'm glad to hear that. Well, during this week, I a lot of things happened, Uriah. Yes, I was I was trying to keep up with the stuff when I'm not like not feeling awful, but there's a lot that we got to get into here. So let's go ahead and jump to it. And the biggest thing on the docket here, Uriah, is the James Harden extension. I mean, not the extension. Sorry, the official re-signing of James Harden. Yes. Uriah, check this out. So he came back on a two-year deal. Second year is a player option, and it is worth sixty-eight point six million. So. For this season, he will be making 33, and he has a player option for 35.6 million next year if he decides to opt into, which I suspect he probably won't. But Uriah, let me let me ask you this first: thoughts on Harden betting on himself with this deal? So for him to take less money, to communicate to the front office, talk to Joel Embiid, and let them know that if they get more pieces, he would take less money but at the same time taking less years because a lot of people were assuming that he would get like a four-year deal and that would rest- that would kind of put shackles on a franchise, particularly the Sixers. That would have been an inauspicious situation for, for the franchise. So he did that. I'm sure Michael Rubin and Meek Mill and, and all those guys associated with the, with the Sixers community had an influence on his decision. But I'm not surprised that he bet on himself. And then I'm not surprised that he he took less money next season so that he could get a deal that he was comfortable with. I, I think he's making the right call to bet on himself on a short-term deal. Look, even if you took another year on this, you're probably not going to get much more than this 
if you took a long like you wouldn't get more money if you took a longer deal and you still played well because by the time the longer deal was up you'd be in like your mid 30s at that point which is dangerous for any player to get paid a lot of money so he's setting him up himself up for super max next soft season that's what he's doing and i think it's a bold move and i because he could get a four-year max on this i know and he has early bird rights then kind of like what jj reddick had and i don't know if you remember that but they were able to exceed the cap because he has early bird rights because he did sign a contract here does that make sense yeah it does so so he's gonna bet on himself and i i not do not quote me on this because i barely remember seeing this number but i think it's like four years uh 196 million he could potentially get next season and he would be getting at at the age of 34 so long term that might not be great but it is all about winning right now and he's betting on himself and betting on the team to surround them with good pieces and they did daniel house pj tucker are great pieces to have and there's still some decent free agents out there if they want to go that route um yeah, and, and you know what, Lucas? He could mm-hmm. ball out. He could ball out this season. They could make a deep mm-hmm. run into the playoffs, maybe even win a championship. Mm-hmm. And he'll have some it, room to negotiate once that 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 option is up. And he wants look, to move look. Forward. If he if he brings a championship to Philly, he gets the max. I don't I don't care about what type of shackles it puts on the team. The guy deserves the max if you get a championship. But let, that kind of brings me into the next question. Does this deal change the narrative surrounding Harden? There was plenty of people defending Harden after he made it clear that he wanted to come back to Philly and, and take less money so that the team could bring in more free agents and, and make room under the cap. So I, I think it does change the narrative because the reputation he got leaving Houston, leaving Brooklyn, really left a bad taste in the mouth of a lot of fans particularly Houston and Brooklyn. But anyway, I think it changes it slightly. We'll see how he he fits with the team. We know that there was a little bit of a, some type of coach-player conflict in, at the end of the playoffs last year with him and Doc Rivers, which is probably benign. But at the same time, you just never know at Harden. You never know who's going to get along with and for how long. So I think it changes it slightly, but he has to deliver next season. He has to. Look, look, I expect him, all the offseason work, you've seen pictures of him. He looks in great shape. I'm hoping for the best. And you heard, you remember me saying constantly throughout after the trade that he looks like he's hampered with the hamstring. Mm-hmm. I expect him to be healthy. So I, I certainly believe this does change the narrative. And with this deal, it actually, you can actually have a revisionist view about how his time in Houston and Brooklyn ended. Let's look at Houston first, Uriah. Hmm. Houston had exhausted all of its resources to put a team around James Harden. And it just didn't work for one reason or another. They needed another superstar. And each guy that they got, got were a little bit past their prime, right? Chris Paul, Dwight Howard, Russell Westbrook. All of them were not like their peak performance when they got them. Carmelo. Don't forget Carmelo. Oh, gosh. Ten days. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> anyway. No, he sh- he's a really good free- – he- he's still a free agent, just throwing that out there. But um, Harden wanted the win. It was clear that Houston was not going to go in that direction, especially when they got John Wall out for Westbrook. No shots against John Wall. He's a fine player, but you're not going to win him with a championship with him as your second-best player. That being said, I understand him forcing his way out of Houston. It wasn't the prettiest way, but the thought process of trying to win a championship – that makes sense. Hindsight is twenty twenty, and looking at Brooklyn now, I don't blame him for, for, for forcing his way out of that because that that's been the, arguably the biggest soap opera in the NBA behind maybe the Lakers, yeah, and arguably bigger than the Lakers soap opera. So I don't blame Harden for forcing his way out of there. He saw that from a mile away and wanted to get out. I don't blame him. Absolutely not. Yeah, maybe so, he maybe he changes changes up a little bit of his lifestyle. I know. Philly's not the biggest party city compared to Houston or, or Brooklyn, but maybe maybe he settles down. I saw him in a picture, boot up with with a uh, honey, an attractive young lady, and mm-hmm. not to say that that's his official girlfriend, but who knows? Who knows? You know what? Whoever, as long as it's not a Jenner, I think we're okay. Yes, 
keep them away. The Jenners think, and the Kardashians keep them away. Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> I keep seeing too many things with Tristan Thompson and uh, Ben Simmons to know better. Man, I feel bad for Tristan. Man, that's uh, that's. Well, actually, no, I don't. I don't. Wait know. a minute. He's about to have another kid with Chloe. Is that why you feel bad for him? No, no, no. I, he was seen in Italy with another woman holding hands. Oh, well. Yeah, so who knows? That's what some of those the athletes do. Why I know that. Let me make it clear. The only reason why I know that, because I was writing a potential you know, center free agent targets article last week, and I ha- I was thinking about him as a potential R- uh, target, but then I saw that drama, and I'm like, no, I don't want any. No, we know that you are a TMZ junkie. Don't even front. You got me. You got me. No. <laughs> All right. So, Lucas, last time we did a podcast, we were talking about Summer League, which was not officially over at that point in time, but it's over. And the Sixers have some choices to make. They have to figure out who is going to uh, be added to the Delaware Bluecoats roster next season. So, with that being said, I have a list of the players for the Sixers in the summer league. And I'll go down the list and I'm going to exclude uh, certain players who are already under contract with the Sixers just to save time. And Mm -hmm. let's just talk about their performance, what we think, like, do they really have a shot? And I'll just start at the top. Uh, Isaiah Joe is under contract, obviously, and he balled out. We know that he has Mm -hmm. a spot playing with the actual team. Traveling Queen, he has a partial guarantee, so he's technically on the team. Right. Jaden Springer, Charlie Brown, they're technically on the team. Justin Smith. He had what? a few highlights. If if they want to give him a, a blue coat spot, fine, but I'm not clamoring for them to. Well, at 6'6", 215, you know, he's, he's more of a he's a three slash four. Right. He's a little right. Outside. Right, not a lot of experience uh, at at the pro level or or the no. uh, amateur level. He did go to Indiana, so he's got a good pedigree there. But uh, how about Cassius Winston? He's tw- he's uh, six foot one. He's a second year player. I think he played with Washington uh, first two season. years. Yep. Yeah, on two what, year what'd contracts. What do you think of Cassius Winston? He was clearly trying to show that he could be more of a playmaker because in the G League, he was a very solid scorer. He he definitely tried to show off his playmaking chops. I don't think he would be a bad addition to the Bluecoats. I'm for it. Not the type of guy that I not, – not one of the three initial guys that I was thinking of because I was thinking of three. But, he, yeah, he's – um. He's not on my. He he's okay. Like I wouldn't mind seeing if he could become a little bit more consistent from downtown. Right. Um. And the bigger thing with him is probably defense, just because he's so small. But yeah, I'm willing to give him a shot in in Delaware. Well, his stats in three games, I uh, have up here. He averaged 11 points, three rebounds, and seven assists. He shot 60 percent from the floor in 25 uh, attempts. So knowing that the Sixers need depth at point guard, maybe he could be that addition and get some experience at the Blue Coats level. I, I think Cassius, you know, he had some rough spots, but I think he's shown enough to to at least yeah, I think get it's, an opportunity. It's, yeah, yeah, I, I don't mind it. How about Malik Ellison? This guy's six six, good frame, good basketball IQ, high, not a good three point shooter. But in terms of finishing inside the arc, he's really solid. He's good defensively. And just, I, you know what? I'll say this, and I, this is me cheating a little bit, jumping ahead, but I would not mind him on a two-way contract. Okay. Yeah. I agree with everything that you said. How about Tyler Bay? Tyler Bay. He was a second-round pick of the Dallas Mavericks two years ago. I was really high on him in the draft. I kind of saw him kind of like a Draymond Green type of guy. And he didn't do any wow stats in the G League, but I mean in the Summer League. But if you watched him play, he just made good basketball plays and he made the right decision. I totally want him on the Blue Coats. If he can just be a little bit more assertive offensively, I think he's somebody that could certainly be worthy of a two-way contract look down the road. Now, the next player is uh, one of the biggest players on the roster. Uh, he's tied 
well, the second tallest player on the team next to Charles Bassey. So Philip Petrazev, the Sixers drafted him, what, a year and a half ago? He he was drafted in 2021. Yeah. Right. So he, he I think he played overseas. Yes, and, he did. And in Turkey. He, yep. And, and then he had his debut in the summer league. And and I, I don't know if he turned many heads, but what did you think of him? I mean, offensively, he has the skills. I just think he's too lumbering right now. And I mean, he's a good interior defender, but he need, he's not a great rebounder. And he still has really slow feet on the perimeter. I think another year in Europe is his best bet. I think he's another another year to stash. I'll agree with that. The next guy, you mentioned him before, and we've seen uh, him play. I think he – did he play all games, Aminu Muhammad? I think he played in about 90%. He might have missed one game right. between both Salt Lake City and Las Vegas, but he, he's been a solid guy. I think we both like him. I, I remember yeah. watching him. This is before I – really knew their names i just saw number 36 and his decisiveness and his willingness to shoot from different areas of the of the floor really spoke to me that he feels like he belongs on this stage Mm -hmm. and he didn't show any hesitation he's 20 years old he's out of georgetown another guy from a great basketball program what are your thoughts about muhammad so he's a one and done guy not a great shooter in terms of percentage in college shot below 40 percent from the field and about 31% from deep. But the guy has a very high basketball IQ, average like around almost around seven assists a game as in college. And that's pretty impressive. Mm. Um, he has a, he, and he's a good defender. He, you know, I think, I don't know exa- his exact height, but I think he's around the 6'3, 6'4 range, which is a good size for a point guard. Certainly, I think he's a project. Maybe give him a year or two in the G League, but I I think down the road he's certainly a guy that you would want to see to develop into possibly a three and D guard, because I think the the defense and the playmaking's there. You just need to get a little bit better as a shooter. But he's young. I, I'm all for it. Okay. What are your thoughts about Michael Foster Jr.? Well, he did sign an Exhibit Ten, so he's oh, he did. Gonna, okay, I'll skip yeah. over him. Yeah. Uh, uh, I guess the only other player is Fred Sims Jr. I don't know if he played it, and if he did, I he did not make a strong impact in my memory banks. So, okay, I, yeah. So, if you were to pick one player that you would put money on and guarantee, like this guy is going to be playing in Delaware come the fall, which one player that we talked about would you say is definitely on there? Malik Ellison. He has to be. He's just too good of a prospect. He played for uh, G League last year for the uh, College Park Skyhawks. I think he's just I six six defense is already there. Really good finisher around the rim. You you gotta see where that goes. If he can get a consistent three point shot, he's an NBA role player, in my opinion. He just doesn't have the shot right now. I would say Cassius Winston. I really? That, okay. Yeah, okay. just because he's had experience at the NBA level, also because the Sixers still need more depth at point guard. And like I said before, he over a three-game span, he averaged seven assists a game in, mm-hmm. in the summer league. So I think he will earn a roster spot, and, and he'll have an opportunity to prove himself further. You forgot one guy, Grant Riller. Oh, Grant Riller. Okay, well, what are your thoughts about Grant Riller? He's a spark plug guy. That's who, what he was in college. That, that's what he was his first year in the G League. He really struggled with injury last year. That's why he lost his two-way contract spot to – who was it? Was it Charlie Brown? No, it was uh, Miles Powell. Miles Powell also played too. Wouldn't be surprised to see him back in Delaware as well. So I think both of them have a shot to be on Blue Coats because they're both scoring point guards. Um, I think Cassius is the best playmaker out of the three of them though. Okay. Yeah. So after it's all said and done, Utah, Las Vegas, all these players playing playing for their futures, right? These guys are uh-huh. trying to get their foot in the door and to stay. So there's some players that are just not going to make it. They, they're not going to fit the bill. So in your in your opinion, Lucas, who do you think is in jeopardy of of not making the cut in the fall? This is for Del- for the for um, not for Delaware for the Sixers. There's, uh, you know what? Because of the G League, I'll say this: I think Corkmaz, and now he has guarantee on his contract, so I don't think he'll get cut. But 
very well could be traded because Isaiah Joe's primed and ready to take his spot. Mm-hmm. That, that it is just there for him. And I know I'm sure you you asked about in our Slack feed today. You asked if we could write about Isaiah Joe's ready for minutes. I'm sure you you were probably thinking that too in regards mm-hmm. to Portmaz. So yeah, I think that. And then the other guy that I'm worried. There are two other guys that I'm worried about. Queen was very inconsistent during summer league. He only has a partial guarantee, only about uh, three hundred thousand, if I remember correctly, guaranteed. Wasn't his free throw or wasn't his three point shooting in single digits percentage? No, that's that... that was that's Champagne. Who Champagne, I'm getting? Okay. okay, that was uh, in Salt Lake City. He did get better in in Vegas, but his I think by the end he was only shooting about fifteen percent from deep mm. for both Salt Lake City and Vegas combined. So right. not good for Ch- Champagne. Um, he could be. It, I you know what I think I wrote this in an article. If they wave champagne for Ellison, I'm okay. I'm all for it. Honestly, like I'm not gonna bat an eye because like champagne did not show me anything in summer league that I would I could really grasp on as a this guy can do something in the NBA. I just don't see it. I I think you wave champagne and then get Ellison and you go from there. Um, yeah, yeah, you can't rely so much on athleticism, and you know when you're at St. John's and you're jumping and skying over people you're dunking and and you know i know he had a quick trigger up there but it didn't translate to this level it's going to be tough I mean, for him it, to navigate now i will say this summer league is not the end all be all maybe he just wasn't right for whatever reason and you know maybe you see what he has in training camp but if training camp doesn't look good front office shouldn't be hesitant to uh pull that trigger on replacing him um yeah, no, I think Champagne and Queen, you know, they could be waived with little to no financial implications to the salary cap. Totally possible that they get waived. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So, I, you know, those are the three guys Corkmaz, Champagne. You know what? Actually, I'm going to say another guy, and you might not agree with this right away, but I, I think I can win you over here. Charles Bassey's in trouble. Mm, I, I let me let that. me let me explain Tell me why well besides the fact that he had hands like feet during half these summer league games shout out coach taylor there um he just offensively he's really raw and the other thing is his contract's not fully guaranteed he doesn't have a full guarantee on his contract so if the sixers want to bring in a more ready veteran because it's all about winning this year Mm-hmm. And maybe Charles Bassey can become a good NBA, def- you know, backup. But right now, Paul Reed is leagues ahead of him. Hey, bring back Kyle O'Quinn. You know what? He was at Summer League and he gave, <laughs> I know. Uh, he wrapped it up with uh, your boy. Oh, um, Matisse, yep. big yep. old hug, big old hug. I had to rewatch yeah. the, the the video of them on the plane with the Popeye's yep. biscuits. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think me and you saw the same tweet there because that's what I was yeah. thinking of too. Um, yeah. But no, I – you know who I had in mind as a good backup, as a good center free agent option here? And now I can't think of the person um, at all. Wow, I'm having a brain fart now. But there are definitely good options. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins is one. White side is another. Uh, if the Sixers feel like taking a gamble, if Harrell gets through his legal issues, uh, Mantra's Harrell who won a six-man-of-the-year award with Doc Rivers. He's an option. Like, there's still quality center that are, quite frankly, just better than Charles Bassey at this point. Yeah. So, I think Bassey could – I don't suspect he'll get cut, but there's a chance that he could be in trouble. There's always a chance, but I, I think he showed enough in the regular season for the Sixers last year to have the attention – in the interest of the coaching staff to to bring him back. I, I would disagree with that. I think Furkan, he's definitely on the hot seat. Uh, I think they would trade him in a heartbeat if, if he was included in like a Tobias Harris trade. And it's, it's you know, we just talked about Thibel and Uriah. We got to talk about him now. It's the law of the offseason. And a surprising development that hasn't happened is that he's contract rookie extension eligible and despite winning two, getting two all defensive honors, 
he's not gotten a contract extension yet. So, Uriah, should the Sixers extend Thibel before the season starts? Well, before I start, I just want to make sure that everybody understands what the real important people in the room think about Thibel, particularly after he had kind of a, I don't know, a whimper of a playoff series. Uh, I'll read a couple quotes. One is from Doc Rivers. The other is from Daryl Morey. So uh, we'll start with Daryl Morey. So he was quoted, uh, and it, it's not looking good uh, when your team president labels you something. He says, players who are sort of extreme one-way type players, it's challenging in the playoffs. Team president oh. Daryl Morey told reporters about Thibel at the, his end-of-season press conference. It's challenging for coaches. It's challenging for players. Uh, I think for Matisse's mission uh, is he has to improve in ways that make him someone that can be more of an impact in the playoffs. So that is one quote. The other quote comes from Doc Rivers, and here's what he said. He said uh, in relation to uh, Matisse's shooting woes, he said he's working on it. I can tell you that. It's difficult. One-way players are better in the regular season than the playoffs. I think we all know that, but Matisse is putting in the time we hired the right resources for our staffing, shooting coaches, et cetera. He's putting in the work. Now, those are the two people who have the decision-making responsibilities. They're in the building in Camden. They're the ones that are evaluating and determining if he's going to get a big contract. That being said, I think hmm, it's not going to be a lucrative extension because he he shot himself in the foot you know we could talk about the vaccine and stuff but but he didn't, is, but he didn't get the shot though oh yeah ding, ding. Boom, yeah, yeah got you yeah. so i think because if he can play out his final year on his rookie uh, contract next year he'll become a restricted free agent and at that point mm-hmm. the sixers obviously can match uh whatever another team throws out there for him now, if he if he continues his defensive dominance, yes, I said dominance in the regular season, he improves his playoff performance, and let's say let's say he he increases his three point shooting from I don't know last season thirty two percent or whatever to thirty six thirty seven percent, and he's not as diffident catching the ball and shooting and making quick decisions, then they could extend him, but I'm not I'm not optimistic that they will. I think they're gonna have him prove himself. And and then at that point, he'll have to figure out what he wants to do as a restricted free agent. What do you think? I, I think they've, I think the playoffs were, you know, the, the cherry, the tying the ribbon as it were on, on like not getting an extension. Look, I, I think me and Chris have said this before. First off, if you extend him, you can't trade him. That, mm. that's, that, that's part of the issue here. That's a that's a very key factor right there. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, you can't trade them. You can't. I, I forget the how long you have to wait, but you can't ex- trade a player you just extended. It's several months, I believe. I think it's like six months, but I'm not sure. Maybe it's the. Uh, it doesn't matter. Point is that you can't trade him. He's a very valuable trade piece. That alone, I think, is grounds enough not to give him an extension. And look. Some team might be willing to overpay for him, but in all likelihood, an overpay might look like eight to ten million versus, or like maybe ten to twelve million versus more like six to eight million, which is what he's actually worth. Right? You could live with that overpay for you, the Sixers, but if you can't, look, you got you got a lot of young prospects in the wings ready to develop. You got, I, I'm still high on Charlie Brown Jr. I think Malik Ellison could develop uh, into a two-way player. I think Charlie Brown can. And you still have a lot of other good defenders in House and Tucker coming, you know, one of those two will, will be coming off the bench. So I, I think you're okay if you, ha- if you you know, don't want to match his contract. But I think in the, in the realization of it, he's not going to get – he's just not going to be – Extended because trades. That's it. Right. It's as simple as that. Right. He is, a, he is a valuable trade piece. And multiple reports said recently that they shopped him around. And Tobias Harris, unfortunately, his job is not safe just because of how much money the team owes him. And 
and Thibel does have suitors. I, I read that Chicago is interested. Was it Utah or there's another team out west that? Oh, Portland. Portland's interested Portland. yep. in him. Yep. Yeah. So if there's interest there at, at that at that point, you have mm-hmm. to figure out how many other teams would have to get involved with moving those pieces, three or four team trades. And, and by, by the way, here here's another team that I think would be interested: Spurs because of the Brett Brown connection. That's true. Wait, did he play under Brett Brown? His yes, rookie he did. year, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just no, no, wanted to put that in no. before you got Let's too far away from it. So, should fans be worried, Uriah, about Thibault's future with the franchise? Is is he going to be a long term piece, or is he just? there until a trade happens or if he walks in free agency well judging on what i read on online a lot of comments stiebel has been a hot hot topic a lot of people are i guess caught in the moment you know Mm -hmm. recency bias he had a bad series and then they forget some of the great basketball that he played defensively in particular uh in this past three seasons and particularly when harden got here his scoring mm-hmm. improved and we talked about it on the podcast before i think fans should be worried i think realistically he is being shopped obviously reports have said that so it's just a matter of time and it's just a matter of figuring out what they're going to get in return for him and who else will have to be sent out so i, I think yeah look he'll get his money at some point he may not get as much money because of what happened last year but he'll mm. get he'll get another contract, but it'll probably be somewhere else. Okay. Yeah, I I I tend to agree. I don't think he's in the team's long term plans unless he can be a high unless he comes out this season as a high volume three point shooter. I just don't see him being in the long term plans. I just don't see it happening just because you need to have two way players around Harden and Embiid, and he's just an extreme one way player right now. I tell you so what, though. I tell you uh, what would be interesting. What the addition of two players that Harden is used to playing with, mm-hmm. as Daniel House and PJ Tucker, mm-hmm. and those guys are really great corner sh- uh, corner three point shooters, especially especially PJ Tucker. So yep. if other teams know that, and you have Embiid, Harden, and obviously PJ Tucker waiting on one side. Maybe if Thibel's waiting on the other side and has the confidence, puts the work in, and just drills home that all muscle memory three point shooting, maybe he could break out and have you know average eight points a game and shoot thirty eight percent. We'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I mean, is it impossible for him to have a breakout year? No, I, th- I think it's totally possible he could have a breakout year. I mean, what he's going going into his fourth year, right? So. Players have break. I mean, some players take longer. Look at Victor Oladipo. It took him like five or six years that until he broke out. So it's possible. It's yeah, not going it to be possible. Easy. And and Doc Rivers in that same press conference that I quoted earlier, he mentioned that Thibel did make strides this year, not long strides like Maxi improvement, but he did make some improvement on the offensive side. He specifically mentioned in that press conference that he was cutting to the basket more often and was converting more inside the paint compared to the previous two years, which I don't know if you remember, he was horrible finishing at the rim the previous oh, two yeah. years. So he got better. And I think Harden had a lot to do with that. I, I look, I would it will be interesting. See. It will be interesting to, to see who gets that fifth starter spot. Well, I know it's not Thibel. Are you sure? I'm well, what if it's, what about your eye? What if it is? Then I'd be happy. I'm, I'm a Thibel supporter, but I'm a realist. I don't think he's, I don't think, I think it's starting. So I'm going to have a hot take for you here. I think it might be House. <laughs> I think House might be the fifth starter. Okay. And Tucker comes off the bench. I, I think that's not out of the realm of possibility. I think it would be Tucker. I think Tucker would start. Did he start in Miami? I think he did. Yeah, 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 he did. He did. Yeah. I, I, I think I'd put money on, on Tucker starting. He did, not start, he did not start in Milwaukee, though. Well, Milwaukee had a different rotation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different set of, of players. All right, Lucas. So we know that Donovan Mitchell and Kevin Durant could possibly be on the move. We know that both franchises in Utah and Brooklyn, they're having their issues with some players. One team is blowing it all up. The other team is 
pretty much being held hostage by Kyrie and obviously the drama with Kevin Durant demanding a trade. So I know it seems kind of lopsided, but just really nitpick here because one player is 24, 25 years old. The other is in his thirties and a long list of injuries, albeit he is an all time player, but let's look at what the Sixers have on their team. You know, the players, you know, Embiid, you know, Harden, but who's a better fit, Kevin Durant or Donovan Mitchell? Look, if you're trying to win a championship this year, the the better fit is Kevin Durant. Let me tell you why. The Sixers have enough guard depth to where, okay, any trade for either one is going to have to include Tobias Harris for contract purposes, Tyrese Maxey, and Matisse Thibel. Okay? That's the baseline for either trade for either player, right? In terms of players, right? That's that's not going to change. Just it has to happen that way, right? If you get if you get Durant, you can you know, Tucker can slide down to the four. Durant can be the three, and then you can put in whoever you want as the starting two guard. Heck, you can even throw Corkmaz in there. Why not? Right? It doesn't matter because you still got James Harden. You just need a high-volume three-point shooter as the two, right? You could do Daniel House, sure. Why not, right? Yeah. But if you do Donovan Mitchell, you have to – you could start Daniel House and P.J. Tucker at the three and the four instead and have Donovan at the two. Similar, you know, similar kind of configurations, right? Still works either way. But, however, where I think it – into play here is that first off Durant and Harden already have on court chemistry mm-hmm. that's a big thing Donovan Mitchell has never played with another ball dominant point guard before Mike Conley can play off the ball Ricky Rubio when he was there is ball dominant but he's a playmaker he's not a high volume shooter James Harden is is a high volume shooter still despite being a pass first player so I think there would be a harder transition for Mitchell to become because he would be the third option on that team. Of course. He'd be the third option. I just think the fit is smoother with Kevin Durant. And then with Joel Embiid, Durant doesn't have to worry about, you know, protecting the paint anymore like he had in other spots, right? So that's just my thoughts. Yeah. I, I would say see my there's there's immediate impact and then there's impact for the future implications for longevity. And, and I don't want to say dynasty because that's just too crazy. Who would ever think the Sixers would ever get a dynasty, but, and that's wishful thinking. I I think, look, Kevin Durant, Kevin Mm -hmm. Durant was in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. He had a hall of fame point guard as a coach. He had, pieces players that he pretty much handpicked himself whether it's patty mills or kyrie irving and that team got swept so if he can't win with the team that he put together and he was healthy and kyrie was healthy then what makes me what makes me trust that kevin durant will come to philadelphia and and pretty much solidify the chances of a championship on paper and and what he did in golden state you would say yeah bring him here now but he look, Donovan Mitchell's younger. He's athletic, which is what the Sixers lacked last year. They lacked athletic player, and he can finish anywhere on the court. Now, in terms of hitting, uh, getting him to fit into a scheme under Doc Rivers, that is not like the easiest thing to do, as you mentioned. But I'd say the easier fit is, I would say, Donovan Mitchell, mm. in my opinion. And and I know Harden's ball dominant, and Bead needs his touches. But I would say Donovan Mitchell. And by the way, I'm not giving up Tyrese Maxey. That's another you reason why. You have to. You not, have to. Not, not, if he, not for Utah. Look, you, no, no, you, no. yes, you, you do. Yes, you do. And let me tell you why you do, Uriah. Because Utah were able to finagle four first-round picks for Rudy Gobert. Sixers don't have first-round picks to offer. They have young prospects. So they would have to send Tyrese Maxey just because they don't have the draft picks to send. Look, man, I'm not giving up Tyrese Maxey. For then you're not getting Donovan Mitchell, and you're probably not giving Ke- Kevin Durant either. <laughs> so I guess honest. we'll stay. We're just gonna run it back with the team that we got. 
Whoa. I and I'm I'm sorry about that. Yeah, but right. yeah, no, no, and I'm okay with that. I believe in this core four. We have better depth now. We had another center, and I feel I would feel even better about our depth. But like, look, we have better depth. We're healthy. Like nobody's in this off season taking time to recover from an injury except for Joel. Yeah. Which, by the way, and I didn't even remember this until recently. Didn't he have like a partial tear in his meniscus? Who's this? Joel, the season, didn't he? Didn't uh, he like have a... Yeah, he did. He had that I totally... and he had his yeah. thumb. He had a couple of things going on with him. We, we I don't know about you, but during the playoffs, I totally forgot about the knee thing. Yeah. I did. So he has three, but outside of Joel, but like Joel's stuff is mostly superficial. The knee is going to take longest, but he's done well with knee recoveries thus far. I'm I'm expecting the same turnaround. Everybody else is healthy going into this offseason. I expect the Sixers to be healthy coming into the season. This core four has had a half season and now an off season to work together. Joel Embiid and James Harden are communicating. They've uh, James Harden has said that they've been texting about how they're going to lead the team and what type of lineups will work, that type of stuff, what type of plays. I expect Joel Embiid and James Harden to be the third best duo in the NBA, if not higher. Yeah. Yeah. For the season. Like, well, right let's, let's... now, I just did an article ranking the top duos uh, in this offseason. Right now, it's Andrew Wiggins and Curry at one. I got two KD, Kyrie, and then three Joel and Harden. Okay? Mm-hmm. And the, the reason why I got to give it to Steph Curry and Andrew Wiggins because they were the two best players on a title team. So, there you go. Uh, where's my train? Oh, I'm right here. It's right in front of me. So let's talk money before we move on because, or let's talk, I guess, capital trade capital, which includes contracts and money moving (laughs) all the moving parts. Kevin Durant, Donovan Mitchell, you mentioned earlier about Utah. They set a really high bar for teams trying to acquire players from Utah. They got all those draft picks from Gobert, but then on the other end, you have Kevin Durant, all time Mm -hmm. player. They're not just going to let him go for peanuts, right? So mm-hmm. who do you think, in your opinion, would be cheaper to attain in a trade, Durant or Mitchell? Kevin Durant. What? And the reason, let me explain. Like you said, he's 34 years old. He's been dealing with injuries the past couple years. And on top of that, like, in terms of leverage, if, I don't think Kevin Durant would ever do this, but if he threatened to sit out, that that – takes away you know all the leverage that he has or if he requests a particular team publicly he hasn't done it publicly yet but we've heard Miami and Phoenix Phoenix is kind of out of the running now with the DeAndre Aiden signing look what seems and then you look at Utah what they're asking for they got four first round picks basically five if you count this year's pick from Utah I mean from Minnesota right Plus, like, solid role players. Like, Vanderbilt's really good. Beverly's really good. Malik Beasley's really good. Granted, all those were more or less salary dumps than anything else, right? So, you would want more for Donovan Mitchell than Rudy Gobert. And it's pretty, pretty clear that they want to make a deal with the Knicks because the Knicks can offer up to eight first-round picks. Now, obviously, that's not going to happen. But could they get five or six from the Knicks? Absolutely. And I think the Knicks would be foolish not to. Because they haven't, since Carmelo Anthony, not a, a star caliber player has not wanted to go to New York. Mitchell wants to go to New York. He's the first all-star point guard since, I think, uh, Mark Jackson, if I remember. Not Mark Jackson. Um 90s point guard, I can't remember, but point being, they haven't had an all-star guard since Allen Houston, actually. Mm-hmm. So, and you worry about the fit with Jalen Brunson later. Don't worry about it. You just get him now. Right. Throw six, um, throw some young prospects. Not all your young prospects, but a couple. Quinn Grimes, maybe Obi Toppin, you know, salary filler, whatever you need to do. But I, I don't know why New York wouldn't do that. And honestly, no other team can – and clearly Utah's in a rebuild, so they're going for draft picks. 
Sixers could give them some nice young talent, mm-hmm. but they can't give them the draft picks. And that's what they're really looking for, for Donovan Mitchell. I think the only thing that would lend itself to your argument about Durant being, uh, I guess, cheaper to attain is Donovan Mitchell has not had the same track record of grumbles and, you know, some of the, the trade requests and the situation he's now in, mm-hmm. in, in Brooklyn. And so that, with that being said, maybe Mitchell would be a little bit more just because he has a cleaner record and, and, and he's, he's younger. Oh yeah. He's a lot younger. younger, a lot younger. No injury, no major injury history. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, look, I think you said it earlier, the core four, I think they're going to run it back with Maxi. I think he's too much of a fan, a fan favorite. And Durant doesn't even want to be here. Like you said, he wants to go to Phoenix, Miami, or there's word out on the street that he might want to go back to Golden State. That would be interesting. I but, don't think Golden State – I think Golden – the players on Golden State deserve to run it back. Right. I don't I don't think they should do that. Um, yeah, I don't think they want to give up Jordan Poole. Or some of those in, in Kaminga and some of those other yeah, guys. They'd have to give up their future. They're and the future. Honestly, yeah. Uh, if I'm Golden State, I wouldn't want Durant back because you yeah. just won a title with that group. Why not try it again? That group can that group can compete a lot longer than a Durant plus the other three. So like, yeah, I wouldn't do it. But um, no, I I think Durant just. Is the cheaper option, like and and I mean, don't get me wrong. Would Donovan Mitchell be helped the Sixers? Absolutely. But look, I believe Tyrese Maxey can get close to the same level of player that Donovan Mitchell will be is right now, right? Yeah, I I think is it crazy to say that Tyrese Maxey could average twenty two points a game next season? I don't think so, and I don't think you'd think that's crazy either. No, I don't. Look, especially if Harden's still in the very much during the regular season, I suspect James Harden's not going to turn it up all the way in terms of scoring. He's going to try to give the ball out, get Maxi and Tobias and Joel as many touches as possible, like to help preserve himself for the playoffs. Because the issue that Harden had back in Houston was he ran out of gas. This is the most loaded team that James Harden has ever been on talent wise outside of maybe Brooklyn that first year. Yeah. But you can make the argument maybe, maybe not. And we're going to talk about something that I know you, you have a strong opinion about and the new arena proposal. The, now, this let's, let's be clear. You're right. This has been a long time coming because the Sixers didn't renew their lease with Wells Fargo a while back. I forget how many years ago, but it's – it's been since I've joined Fansided, which was about six years ago. So it's been a while. Um, that being said, they are going to try to build a new arena, which I'm all for. I think you are too. But the location is where, where it's the problem is. So do you want to get into that a little bit, buddy? Yeah. Yeah. Let me just say that when I read that, I was like, what? I'm thinking, I'm, see, I'm, I'm, I like the way the setup is now. You come to Philadelphia, whether you're going to see the Phillies, Flyers, Eagles, or Sixers, everything is in this one central area. And even down there, after the game, they have restaurants, they have Xfinity Live, they have a lot of things for you to do to enjoy the overall Mm -hmm. sports experience before and after the game. Not even talking about tailgating, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And then there's even there's some casinos that have popped up down that area. And now the city and and Josh Harris wants to spend one point three billion dollars to put. It is the- privately. I should note it is privately funded, so the city will not be paying for any of it. It's not a tax or anything. It is all privately funded. Uh, I have a feeling that the city might have to put up some funds. I I'm just saying that that was in the that was in the initial report that it was going to be privately funded. Well. I have suspicion that the city would have to put up something. But anyway, the point is the location. You mentioned location. The corner of 12th and Market. Listen, it's already crowded as hell down in Center City. And, and you know, it's, there's some grumblings about safety and, and, of course, the transportation for people who have to come from far out, whether people are traveling from Delaware, New Jersey, Bucks County. It's not in people's, oh, just take Patco or, or get on SEPTA. And you know what? 
that might work for some people. Some people would rather drive in. So I think the the whole idea of a new stadium when the current one is the situation is not that bad as it is. I, I disagree. I disagree with it. I, I would like to see it stay where it is. What are your thoughts? Like I said, I'm okay with building a new arena if you can't get and if you and the tenants of the current arena cannot get along with it. But what I'm not okay is like you said, the location. There's no space for parking right now. There's no place for it, Uriah, in town center. Okay, it's just it's not there. Like I've been there as a tourist a few times, just you know, like checking out the historical district and just walking around town. You know, not going to a Sixers event. It's it's busy. It's crazy. It's hectic. I mean, and I'm from a small county, so don't mind me. But like, it's not going to be easy to get to the stadium and getting good parking. Like, unless they're going to take out another block for parking, it's just not going to work. Let me break down some of the the traffic patterns for you. Okay, people who live in Philly, I grew up in Philly. Seventy six Schuylkill Expressway, y'all. Listen. It is already jam-packed, bottleneck at any point in the day. It could be like 1 p.m. in the afternoon There's a bottleneck going either direction. You add 41 Sixers games between November and May or June or whenever the Sixers stop playing, it is going to be a nightmare for people who just want to – who aren't even going to a game. People just want to go out and have reservations to go to – uh, you know, the Capitol Grill, or they want to go to McCormick and Smith's, but then they have the Sixers game going on. They'll, they'll be so late, or they have to leave like two hours earlier just to avoid traffic. It'll be a nightmare. It'll be a nightmare. And for people who are like, well, tell those people with dinner reservations that they can just ride the subway. Yeah, you think like grandparents are going to want to get on the subway just to go to dinner because so they you want to avoid Sixers traffic? Do you want to take your family on a subway? Like, yeah, I, I, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to take my daughter on a subway. Listen, man, if you brought your daughter up here, I would I would pick you up and take you because the listen, the, the, it's just not getting political. But the, the homeless situation is really bad right now. And it's it's not the best situation traveling in Center City right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I no doubt. No doubt. Exactly. Like, it's just not like, look, most of the time I go through Philly, it's either to get on the Pennsylvania Pikeway the airport or the Sixers game. I don't even go into downtown anymore just because like, it's just not, it's not a good experience. Like you said, it's not, not fun. Now, I'm not saying that the, that area of the town's not fun. I'm just saying driving there yeah. is not a fun thing. Like I, I, like I avoid DC. I live in Virginia, but every time I go back to Delaware, I, I avoid DC actively because I don't like the beltway there. And I go through Virginia beach, even though Virginia beach adds a couple of hours onto my trip. Yeah. I'd rather deal with that traffic versus and Virginia Beach traffic is no joke, as you know. Oh, I know. Well, mm-hmm. it's funny you mentioned DC. I think one of the only other teams that has a uh, arena right in the middle of the city is Washington DC. Yeah, yeah, I've been, I've been there before. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah. In- well, actually, no, I'm lying. Brooklyn has one in the middle. Well, Brooklyn the now city. does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Brooklyn is different from and New York and New York. Brooklyn, yeah. Brooklyn people don't even care about cars in Brooklyn. People, if you live in New York, it's all about public transportation for the yeah. most part. You don't want to be driving in New York. It's crazy up there. Yeah. Yeah. No, same thing with the Knicks. Been to, actually, I've been to about three NBA arenas so far. Thinking about it now, growing up, I've oh, been yeah. to... The, Madison Square Garden, yeah. Yeah, I've been there before. I was there when they had David Lee, Zach Randolph, Quinn Richardson. That was their posters up on the wall. I remember I was a sophomore in high school when we went there and then i think i was a senior in high school when we went to the wizards arena okay so that was like 2010 so it's like the end of the gilbert arenas era or the beginning of john wall those are some good years lucas i i, w- yeah. I went to madison square garden when this guy named billy joel played oh uh, that's that that's my that's my man right there that hey. he is my favorite artist of all time i went and saw him in 2017 what he, he put on a show i, I bet he the did great performers great performer if anybody's never seen billy joe in concert you better see him before you know before he croaks but anyway uh, he's still doing it though that's the crazy thing he is though. he <laughs> is but um let's get back to this arena though so i guess my other question for you well any of the current sixers that are on the roster right now be on the team because when joel saw the uh the tweet about it, he retweeted and he had like these big old like the eye emoji things 
And I, I think I had retweeted for the site. I'm like, hey, you could christen your last season by playing in the new arena. But in your opinion, do you think any of the current Sixers on the roster will be on there? That's 10 years from now, by the way. They, they, they expect this new arena to be done in 2032. Wow. Yeah. Now that you put it that way, <laughs> Joel Embiid yeah. will be – he'll be retired by then. Uh, I would say the I would say Tyrese Maxey has a chance of, of still being around uh, toward mm-hmm. the end of his career. Isaiah Joe is still young. And I think he, he might, if he blossoms the next year or two, he could have a, a really great role as, as a starter. But mm-hmm. other than that, maybe B-Ball Paul. I can't think of any other younger players who are really – Jaden Springer? No. I'm not You're not on Springer player. Island? <laughs> I'm not a Springer guy. Although he did have, he did surprise me with some of his, Athleticism. his body, body control. Yeah. <laughs> He, he, I like how he finishes in the paint. He needs he to just, be a better shooter. Yeah. The shot's a little funky. Kind of like he, he launches the ball forward instead of shoots it. But um, anyway, not getting into that, though. I, You know, if Joel Embiid decides to take the Tim Duncan route and become more of a role player in the later parts of his career and just st- stay in Philly, then, yeah, I think he could christen the, the – uh, year of his career in that new arena it could also be the year that they decide to retire his jersey there too as Harrison Grimm put it on on Twitter I think it was here it was either Jackson Frank or Harrison Grimm that tweeted that mm-hmm. but um either way it's gonna be I think regardless it's gonna be a special year in that arena you know, they would have to they would have to Lucas demolish what's called the gallery. I remember growing okay. up going to the gallery. It's like a shopping mall right in the heart of the city, uh, but mm-hmm. they've had issues getting people to, to come in and shop in that area. So they demolished that area and obviously do some digging. They'd have to construct a building. They'd have to decorate it and get, they'd have to get, yeah. It would take forever. Like you said, a decade at that point, Joel Embiid will be – he'll be like the Allen Iverson role right now, sitting on the sidelines and getting interviewed, uh-huh. minus the $75,000 diamond necklace. But uh, – I mean, he did have that, that – he, he did have the Flavor Flavor uh, clock on his chest at that one. When's That was once. I've never seen him be with jewelry on other than that. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Yeah. But, no um, – you know what? Uh, you know one person that we don't have to see wearing ridiculous outfits on the sideline in the new arena? Don't say it. Ben Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say it. I, I had to. Uh, you know, we got we have to take at least one shot at podcast at Ben Simmons until he proves us otherwise. Though I will say I did see somewhere that we are going to be facing the Nets in preseason in Brooklyn. So assuming that Ben Simmons is still on the team and deciding that he actually wants to play, could be a fun preseason game. I got my tickets already. You know what? If I'm Joel, what I'm doing in the first play that Ben Simmons touched the ball and tries to attack the rack, wow. I wrap him up. I wrap <laughs> Put him at the line. I wrap Yep. <laughs> I'd wrap him up so quickly. Give him, um, a, a, give him a, a nice dose of trolling in mid-game. Yo. I just thought of something. If the Sixers are like blowing out at because you know preseason, they're not going to play in the fourth quarter. What if Joel Embiid makes an Instagram post about Ben on the bench? Oh, that would get two million, two million likes. Yo, I would (laughs) love it. I would love it. I I would love it. But yeah, so I think I think Tyrese Maxey has the best chance of being the only Sixer left on the team when that new stadium comes up. I think that's that's your only option, really. But we'll certainly see what happens. Uriah, it's time for you to play us out, man. Yes, we are glad to be back to give you more Sixers content. This is Lucas and Uriah. This has been the Sixers Sense podcast. There's a lot coming up. There's still some drama. We know it's on the way. We know that they, there might be some more trades coming down the line before the start of the season. Please make sure you subscribe, Audible, Google Play, Apple iTunes. You know where to find us. So until next time, you guys take care. Powered by Riverside.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.